Welcome to Traveling Culturati, where we explore cultures and share travel news, travel tips, destinations, and travel chats. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Well, hey there, fellow Culturati. Javon Harley here, your host and travel pro for Traveling Culturati. Thank you so much for tuning in for another week of travel news, travel tips, and travel chats. You know, it's time for another Travel Tips show. It's been a while since we've done one. So executive producer Gene Harley is joining me with a curated list of travel tips, traveling culturati style. This is from preparation to completion. We're sharing our tips on how we plan, prepare, execute, and enjoy our trips. We'll also have Javon's Travel Minute and the Culture Report. But right now, I've got some travel news. Most of the travel news today is going to be on summer travel. What is it going to look like? And some updates from different travel sources and countries about what we can expect regarding mask wearing, vaccinations, COVID tests, and what the destinations are requiring. So let's start with TSA. TSA has announced that they will require masks at airports and on public transport through the summer, actually until September 13th. The extension includes wearing a mask that would be required for airports, planes, buses, and trains. And this order originally took effect in February to help curb the spread of COVID-19. It was set to expire May 11th, but has now been extended. The extension will apply to all travelers over the age of two, although there are some exemptions for those with certain disabilities. There will also be acrylic barriers in place at TSA checkpoints and new credential authentication technology and computed tomography equipment has been implemented at hundreds of checkpoints to reduce the need for physical contact between officers and the traveling public. Screening officers will request that travelers temporarily lower their face mask to verify their identity. And those who refuse to wear face mask? Well, you will not be permitted to enter the secure area of the airport. This is anything beyond the TSA checkpoint. This includes the terminal and the gate area. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention also recently announced that fully vaccinated people can travel safely within the United States, but must wear a face mask, social distance, and wash their hands or use hand sanitizer. But there's no need to wear a face mask outdoors when dining, hiking, biking, or jogging, except in certain crowded settings and venues. And again, travelers should also be aware that there are financial penalties in place for those who violate the face mask requirement. And for more information, you can just go to tsa.gov. And Canada, our neighbors to the north, will require using a vaccine passport for entry. Canadian Health Minister Patty Haju says her government supports the idea of a vaccine passport and will come up with a form of vaccine certification to allow vaccinated Canadians to travel internationally. Actually, 78% of Canadians agree and 56% of those strongly agree that all travelers entering Canada should be required to have a vaccine passport. This is according to a new survey, IPSOS. 
The same survey revealed that 71% of Americans agree that travelers should be required to show a vaccine passport before entering the United States. And most Canadians agree the vaccine passports would be effective in making travel and large events safe. The global average is 73% are in agreement with vaccine passports for travel and at large events. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who during a news conference last week said that vaccination certifications were a part of international travel before COVID-19 and are naturally to be expected when it comes to this pandemic and the coronavirus. Like the United States, Canada has been in talks with other countries about finding a consensus on universally acceptable solutions. Haju said in a statement, I am meeting on a regular basis with my G7 counterparts, and this is an ongoing conversation about how that might look and how we might be able to have some sort of standardized approach to this. Haju said Canada will likely be able to fast forward its own vaccine passport program by adapting an existing one called Arrive Can. The app allows for digital proof of testing now and other documents that people have to submit to enter Canada. Haju said, we'll be working with international partners to make sure that whatever the world lands on, Canadians will have documents in the appropriate format. The ArriveCan app is free and was introduced in April 2020 to help travelers comply with border measures. And since late November 2020, air travelers flying into Canada have been required to submit their information electronically through Air Arrive Can before boarding their flight. They're not the only ones. Overall, government-sponsored vaccine certifications and certificates are popping up around the world from Japan to Israel and in both the United Kingdom and the European Union. So it appears inevitable that American travelers will have to adapt if they want to travel outside the U.S., even though currently the Biden administration has resisted that idea of a vaccine passport for the United States and has said it would be left up to the states for now. Google is adding COVID-19 related information to searches for travel. So many use Google Travel to search information. So as the COVID-19 restrictions and requirements vary widely among domestic and international travel destinations, Google has unveiled this new tool to help with planning your trip. So as you use Google for flights, hotels, and other travel activities, the Google tool will display results for any COVID-19 related travel advisories or restrictions at the destination that you're searching. Google has added additional travel restriction details, including if you have to show proof of immunization, need to acquire a negative COVID test, or whether quarantine is required. And users can also choose to receive updates about restrictions and any changes associated with them. The updates are country and state specific within the United States. The Centers for Disease Control still recommends Americans delay travel until they're fully vaccinated after which they can travel safely within the United States. And the agency has a map showing where travel may be especially risky due to the coronavirus. And African airlines are finding ways to restart travel amid slow vaccine rollouts. Airlines are getting creative when it comes to rebuilding flyer confidence. Now, according to the International Air Transport Association, African airlines are finding ways to build flyer confidence. 
The continent's air traffic decreased by 89% in 2020, and airline profits dropped by $2 billion. The regional director of advocacy and strategic relations at IATA said in a statement, recovery of the airline industry will be much slower in Africa than the rest of the world. However, Africa is leading the charge in terms of open borders with 50 countries currently open on a pre-departure negative test condition with no quarantine. Ethiopian Airlines, Egypt Air, and Kenya Airways are testing a new digital COVID-19 passport called Trusted Travel Pass. The passport was developed by the Africa Center for Disease Control and Prevention, which is under the African Union and will allow travelers to authenticate test results prior to departure. The Trusted Travel Pass portal provides passengers with up-to-date information on the latest travel restrictions and entry requirements by country, by laboratory information, and even additional types of vaccinations needed to enter like yellow fever. COVID-19 vaccine records can also be validated through the portal ahead of travel. The test results or certificates can then be uploaded into the portal where they'll be verified. Through the Trusted Travel Pass, travelers receive a clearance code that will be verified upon arrival by airport officials. And the Bahamas is waiving testing requirements for vaccinated travelers. And they're making it easier for travelers to enjoy that relaxing Caribbean vacation by waiving all pre-travel testing requirements for anyone who is fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated tourists heading to the island may now upload their proof of their vaccination in lieu of pre-travel COVID testing and won't be required to undergo any testing before or after arriving. This is according to the Bahamas Ministry of Tourism. And currently, the Bahamas is accepting Pfizer, BioNTech, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, and AstraZeneca vaccines. A Centers for Disease Control and Prevention card or another government-issued vaccine record card are considered acceptable forms of proof. Unvaccinated travelers are also allowed to head to the Bahamas, but must show proof of a negative COVID PCR test taken no more than five days before arriving. You must also complete a daily health questionnaire and take a rapid COVID antigen test on the fifth day of their trip. Children 10 and younger are exempt from testing. All travelers to the Bahamas, regardless of their vaccination status, must apply for a Bahamas travel health visa, which includes COVID-19 health insurance. And while on the island, it's required for everyone to wear a face mask in situations where you cannot social distance, like traveling in a taxi or checking into a hotel. The Bahamas isn't alone in waiving pre-travel testing requirements for vaccinated travelers. Several countries have eased restrictions for vaccinated travelers, including Croatia, Greece, and some other Caribbean destinations like Grenada and the British Virgin Isles. And what about cruising? That's been the big question. Cruising has been amongst the last to restart travel or hitting the waters. And so when will it resume in North America? While a few cruise ships have resumed some operations in Europe and other destinations around the world last summer, most of these vessels remain off limits to Americans due to the CDC authorization or lack thereof. This means cruising in North America remains almost completely shut down. The only cruising that has resumed sailing this year 
in the United States are very small ships that sail the U.S. rivers and the intracoastal waterways. However, several major lines have announced plans to resume North American cruising this summer in June or July. This includes Royal Caribbean, Celebrity Cruises, Norwegian Cruise Line, and Crystal Cruises. They have found ports outside of the United States, like Nassau in the Bahamas, that they can use as a base for their ships. The airlines have had to find new home ports for North American sailings because the Center for Disease Control and Prevention currently is blocking cruise lines from sailing from U.S. ports, something that is now the subject of a lawsuit by the state of Florida. But even if the CDC reverses its ban on cruising, cruising in North America isn't expected to come back in a significant way for several months. At the present time, most cruise lines have canceled all or most sailings in North America through at least the end of June, and some have canceled some of their departures in North America until further into the year and beyond the summer months. Well, that's all I've got for travel news. And when I come back, we'll have Javon's Travel Minute and executive producer Jean Harley is going to join me with a curated list of travel tips, Traveling Culturati style. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Make sure you visit that website, TravelingCulturati.com. Connect with me on social media and join that travel club. And now, Javon's Travel Minute. You know, I was out for a walk the other day, and when I started out, it was 85 degrees and partly sunny. Toward the end of my walk, I started to feel a cool breeze, and within minutes, the temperature dropped 20 degrees, and I wished I had a light jacket. This inspired me to write a travel tip on being prepared for weather changes during your travels. We always check the weather and pack according to the forecast. However, and I'll add, especially now, it's important to plan for unexpected weather changes and conditions. For rain, always pack a travel size umbrella, a rain hat and or a slicker. For sudden temperature drops, always pack a light jacket, a sweater or a large scarf or shawl. And for sudden temperature increases, always pack a light t-shirt for a quick change. And you can also pack a portable fan to help cool you down. Always pack sunblock because the sun rays are always lurking even on a cloudy day. And of course, this is a short list, but you'll find these items will be useful in most situations. This is Javon, and that was your Travel Minute. Today, executive producer Jean Harley is joining me with a curated list of travel tips. Of course, traveling culturati style. It's been quite a while since we've done a travel tips show. This time we're doing it from preparation to completion. We're sharing our tips on how we plan, prepare, do the day-to-day, and decompress after our trips. Hello, Jean, and welcome back. 
Hi, Javon. It's great to be here. So everyone should get their pen and pad ready because there's going to be some interesting information to take down. Yes. And you just came back from a trip, didn't you? Yes, I did. And I was refreshing it in the Caribbean and looking forward next week to another international destination. Yeah. So that is signaling that uh, travel Travel's is back. back. Mm-hmm. Travel is rebounding. And of course, we always take as many safety precautions as we can. With Vaccinated and ready to go. That's right. Yeah. So rather than saying safely travel, I say to travel with health in mind, making health your first and foremost goal. Mm-hmm. And travel in itself is a benefit, as you discussed in past shows. Traveling just expands and it's good for you in every way, shape or form, both mentally and physically. But you should prepare for every trip. Yes. So let's talk about our travel tips, traveling culturati style. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So first of all, let's start this in a progression. So planning your trips is the first thing that you're going to do when you've decided to go or you're in the planning stages. You first want to know where to go. Everything else falls in line after that. Where to go becomes the first question, and the question that goes along with that is why? Why are you picking that destination or that type of destination? But where decides everything else you're going to do. Yeah, and the where is the why, Mm -hmm. uh, what you're looking for in that trip. And then, of course, you have to determine how much time do you have. And this is crucial because a lot of people don't take into account You can't do a weekend getaway when the flight is 18 hours. It just doesn't work out that way. You need to take into account how you're going to get there, how long it takes to get there, and that determines where you're going to go and how much time you're going to have on the ground. So a lot of Americans who only want to take five to seven days, some destinations aren't going to work. That's right. And we often get this question when travelers are calling us for information and they're saying that they want to go to a far-off destination Mm -hmm. what we call a long-haul destination but they only want to go for three or four nights (laughs) understanding that the first day is traveling it's an overnight flight getting there so really certainly consider how much time you have because you want to make the most out of the destination and then what will you do and this is something that you you really should consider at the same time you're considering where Where? you want to go, Mm -hmm. whether that's going to include sightseeing, dining, and of course, traveling culturati style, a spa. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Those elements that you want to do, are you going to be able to spend some time people to people? Do you want to do some exploration? Or you just want to lay on a beach somewhere? All these things need to be taken in consideration on what you're going to be doing, and it helps decide on the destination. Yes, those activities and experiences. Mm -hmm. Activities and experiences are two different things. That's right. So that experience is going to give you that overall feel of what you're looking for in your trip, that overall goal that you're going to have. Now, here's another important one. Who will you travel with? Sometimes we don't always think about this, but you may have to change your goals based on who you're traveling with. This is so true because a family vacation destination is totally different than a trip that you would do with another friend the same age, a group, or solo travel. Yes, solo travel, of course. When it's me, myself, and I, you don't have to consult with anybody. It's all about you. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can just make your plans from start to finish based on what your interests are, what your activities and experiences are going to be. 
True, true. Yes. And when will you travel? That's another big one. Because you want to look at the destination and say, is this a good time for me to go? What is the best time to go to that destination? So maybe you're going to have to change those travel plans. And a lot of Americans travel on the basis of summertime. And that sometime is the worst time to travel to some destinations. It may be crowded. It may be more expensive. It may not be accessible. And some places in the Southern Hemisphere, it's actually going to be winter. So you have to be flexible, and that's going to be a part of your decision-making process. Yes, and I always say consider shoulder season. So look at the destination. Look at what those seasons are. So you have peak season, you have low season, Mm -hmm. and you have the shoulder season. But consider peak season, as Jean mentioned, is going to be the most popular time that everybody's traveling. Usually the weather is the best during that time or there's a major event during that time that's going to make it peak spring festivals or fall wine things these are very expensive and maybe very crowded yeah or the great migration in 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 uh, africa exactly so these are going to be your peak periods Mm -hmm. and of course that means the prices are going to be very high accommodations are going to be crowded and so you're going to have to plan well in advance if you're traveling during peak season And do you really want to be in the crowds? I would say, unless you're traveling to a specific event, avoid high season. Yes. It's not always going to be the best time to go unless it's the only time that you can go. But low season considerations are the weather may not be the best. Mm -hmm. It may be rainy season. Mm -hmm. It may be scorching hot. Like in some destinations like Egypt, you don't want to go in the summer months because it's well into the hundreds and it's just uncomfortable. Yeah, that makes a lot of difference. There's a reason and an understanding why major cities in Europe and the United States are empty of locals during the summer because it's not a good time to be there. And the same thing is true if you're in the Middle East and a lot of places in the summertime. So you have to have that consideration. Right, but shoulder season? Now, this is sometimes your sweet spot because it may be at the very end or the very beginning of a rainy season or inclement weather. The temperatures aren't going to be the hottest, but they're not going to be the coldest or the wettest. Mm -hmm. And the pricing is right in between. And it's usually such a pleasant time. Think spring and think fall. Yeah. And I especially say think fall if you're looking at locations that are very hot in the summer, because you can go to the Mediterranean in the fall and the water is still warm and it's beautiful. It's 70 degrees. The water temperature is 80 degrees. It's beautiful. Those are the kind of things you want to consider because that's going to be a price break. You can do more with less. Yeah, I remember we did the WHUR World Tour to Greece Mm -hmm. in early September, and the weather was beautiful. It wasn't too hot. We could still go swimming. It was warm enough to do that, and the temperatures were just beautiful, and we had a great time because it wasn't overrun by a lot of other tourists. Yeah, it's not crowded. It makes for a better trip. And this fits in, the shoulder season fits in perfectly with your travel budget. Very important. It really does. And that's, of course, our next planning tip that you have to consider. What is your budget? Now, a lot of people say start with your budget. But here's why I say start with these other things first. Because travel should really be driven by your desires. And so maybe if you get to your travel budget, 
then you change things up or you plan further out for the things that you want to do or the places that you want to visit. But sometimes you have to plan your budget around the destination simply because some destinations are just more expensive or less expensive than others, including getting there. And you have to be price sensitive because there are destinations that you can go to When you pick the right destination, you can do a five-star vacation on three-star prices versus some other destinations are out there. But you have to build in just like you said. How are you going to get there? The cost of the accommodations, the flights, the transfers, all these things, the tours need to be built in. And you need to look at ways of saving money or not spending cash. Yeah, you want to make sure you include those activities. Sometimes we focus on the transportation cost, the accommodations cost, but we don't factor in the activities. So you don't want to get to a destination and you've underestimated the cost of visiting that destination and then you're very limited in what you can do. So really look at the top things to do in that destination and build your travel budget around that as well. And when you say to think about some money-saving things. You can supplement your budget. So look in your pool of travel perks and Mm -hmm. see what you can use from frequent flyer miles to freebies. Look at packaging and bundling where you can save. And don't forget those reward programs. All of these things are very, very important. And Don't ignore that you can use them in part or in full. So don't say, well, I can't get my airline ticket, so I won't be able to go. Think about maybe I can use it for an upgrade, or maybe I can use it for accommodations, or maybe I can use it for added features and benefits like breakfast daily and things like that. That's right. Many credit card programs not only cover the miles on the airline, but just like Javon said, accommodations can be done. Then look at other things that can save you, programs like Groupon or other ones where you can get cheap tours and other arrangements. So many people arrive at a destination with all these great plans of things they want to do and find out that it costs hundreds of dollars to see certain sites and they may be sold out because you didn't book it in advance. Yeah, a friend of mine and I, we travel a lot together. And we wanted to stay at this exclusive hotel in New York that was more expensive than we would normally spend on a hotel. But I used a rewards program and was able to get complimentary breakfast, which was about $40 to $50 (laughs) per person per day Mm -hmm. included. Plus, we received another voucher that we could use either for their famous brunch or a dinner at the hotel. Mm -hmm. And then also we got a spa credit for $100. So again, you know, we spent more than we wanted to, but we really wanted to to experience this this hotel. And that's why we travel for the experience itself. Yes. Don't forget traveler's insurance. It's very important to include traveler's insurance in your travel budget. Don't use it as a throwaway or now I've spent everything and I can't afford it. Consider you're going to spend anywhere from 6 to 7% Build it in from the of start. the package price or your total trip cost. Build it in. It's especially important now. And I know some of you may be saying, I had a trip that was canceled due to COVID and the travel insurance didn't cover it. But consider this. 
if you get sick, including contracting COVID on your destination, it's going to cover those costs. So think outside of trip cancellation. Also think about lost luggage or delays or other injuries. All these things are built into true travel insurance. Absolutely. So don't forget to add that in. Now let's talk about preparation. And preparation is different than planning because we've already gone through the planning process. We've already gotten our trip booked. How are we going to prepare and get ready for our trip? You know the top of the list is packing. Yeah, packing is it, <laughs> folks. And having a packing plan is number one on the list. And let me tell you the best one. Always have those items like toiletries and whatever already pre-packed. Have your basic items in there. And some people say, well, wait a minute, I need those items in all at home. No, that's not true. Your travel items are for travel. They are not your home items. Don't take a 32-ounce thing of shampoo on the airplane. Pack travel size and have your toiletry kit pre-packed and other items already there. Your bag should be ready. Yeah, and I know you may be saying, well, you all travel all the time, so it makes sense for you to have a bag pre-packed with these items. And if I don't travel all the time, so if you don't, you may not have it packed all the time, but this is something you can do in advance of your travels to make sure that you pre-pack the bag. And even if you're not pre-packing the entire bag, but you're pre-packing it with the travel essentials so you don't forget these items. One thing I like to keep in mind is a laundry bag mm -hmm. that just makes it a lot easier to separate my worn and dirty clothes from my clean clothes. I prepack shoe bags. So I always have bags because I want to keep my shoes in a bag so that the soles don't dirty my clean clothes. And then I want to keep my travel accessories packed and that includes toiletries. All ready to go. You should have a traveler's checklist and we give this out and it's available on a lot of programs that we already do with our groups. So those of you who travel with us know a traveler's checklist is ideal. Then you take everything that you want to take with you, you think you're going to need, you lay it out on the bed, put it all together day by day. Then you take half the clothes and put them back in the closet and double up on the underwear. <laughs> and add money to that as well. Actually, on our travelingwhileblack.com, if you sign up for our newsletter, then you will get the Traveling While Black Traveler's Checklist. So that's a freebie for you. You want your confirmations. You want to organize your documents. And really important, Gene, the emergency contact person. We started this with our group travel and asking that our group travelers fill this form out so that we know who to contact. But it's very important, whether you're traveling with a group or not, to have that. So you're going to have your emergency contact person designated and you're going to have your emergency contact information. You're going to make copies of your travel documents. You're going to store your travel documents electronically. And you're going to make sure that your emergency contact person has all of this information. What are some of the other things on the list of preparation? Well, you're going to make sure that you put your mail on hold. You don't want to have packages piling up at the front door. That also includes deliveries that go out there. You want to make sure that you suspend or freeze all other services that might be coming on and decide in that. Everything from newspaper delivery to anything like that. Make sure your emergency contact person knows this information, but you're making sure that that information is out there. 
You want to empty out the refrigerator or at least freeze the food, folks. <laughs> Nobody wants to come home to lettuce that now looks like green slime because you forgot to put all that things away. So, and the night before, our favorite, and the night before and the night coming back, eat out before you go so you don't have dirty dishes and you don't have leftover food left sitting around, right? That's right. And I actually look forward to that part because it's like, okay, we're. Yeah, we get to eat out. And we always have, we'll we'll get to that when we talk about the post trip, but we have some of our favorite (laughs) go to meals that we do before and after. But again, it just makes for easy prep and easy cleanup. And then you want to call your financial institutions. That's very important. Credit card companies to make sure they know so you don't get there and you have your charges declined because they didn't know you were in travel. Yeah, decide how much cash you're going to take. When you said earlier, lay out all your clothes and put half of them away. Well, actually, it's a quote. It escapes me who had the quote, but lay out all your clothes, lay out all your money, take half the clothes and twice Twice the the money. money. (laughs) Because you never know what you're going to need. That's true. And, <laughs> or, and your debit card. <laughs> and it's surprising what you find out you do need when you get there. Yeah. Also, check your mobile plan for your computer and your electronics. That is extremely important. If you have an ICE in case emergency person in your telephone, but your telephone doesn't work, it's useless. So make sure your plan includes international. And we're not bragging and promoting a company, but we've been using T-Mobile because it covers about 167 countries around the world. Yeah. And if you don't have international service currently, you can turn it on. And then you can turn it off when you get back home. Or you can use the Wi-Fi version and use some of the plans that are available so that you can go ahead and just use Wi-Fi and still use your telephone. Yes, it's becoming, but you, you do need an international data plan to even be able to access mm-hmm. Wi-Fi. And it's becoming more and more important to have that accessibility. For example, when we traveled recently, we were able to pull those documents up on our phone. And they want to see that QR code in some situations. So it's important to have that. Especially for COVID tests and vaccines, you want to be able to pull that up in case they go into a vaccine passport at some point. You want to be able to pull that up. Your electronics are extremely important. Make sure you bring the right cables and the right adapters and possibly transformers based on the country. This is the research you're going to be doing when you decide where you're going to make sure you have the right cables. Yes, and charge everything up before you go. go. Yeah, so that when you arrive, you have things charged up. Uh, Check your passport for expiration date. A lot of countries now require that your passport is valid beyond the dates of your travel. As much as six months. Yeah, so check that. Do you need a visa? Do you need immunizations? This is pre or post pandemic. (laughs) And do you need a COVID test? These are the things you're gonna have to. And how long before you arrive does the test have to be valid? You have to take that in consideration because as I said, travel can be up to 18 hours to get to some destinations. Yeah, and I was really surprised that the Bahamas said five days. The maximum that we've seen was 96 hours, but five Mm -hmm. days is quite a bit. So let's now talk about while you're there. And then, of course, we have our post-trip travel tips. So while you're there, first 24 hours, what are we going to do? First thing, you've got to let your emergency contact person know you've arrived. That should be the first thing you do, not when the plane lands, but when you get secure in the hotel, everything is okay. Make sure people know you arrived. This is not putting it on social media and telling the world where you are. This is what you do to let your ECP know. 
you got to have a plan ahead of time to get from the airport to the hotel, get the lay of the land, charge up and make sure everything is plugged in and working. And depending on the time that you arrive, give yourself some time to acclimate. Yeah. And traveling culturati style, <laughs> you've pre-booked a massage so that you can have especially if you're on a long flight, a nice massage to just kind of relax your muscles, get your blood flowing again. And again, I'd say book this in advance if you can. But if not, the minute you get there, (laughs) see what you can do. You can book these in advance and take advantage of the services offered by the hotel or resort you're staying in. Now, money matters, folks. So as soon as you get in, the first thing you want to make sure is that you have a working safety deposit box and you're putting away your credit card, your passport, your ATM cards, your cash, everything. You never, never, ever carry everything with you at all times when you're out of the room. You take only what you need and leave the rest in the safety deposit box. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that. And search out ATMs for cash. You may want to immediately change money at the airport, but you don't always get the best rate there. And certainly hotels don't always give you the best rate. You can certainly look at currency exchanges that are near the hotel or in the city, but ATMs, just getting cash, check with your bank ahead of time for international transaction fees, but I find that it's the best way. And then while you're there, mind over matter. Don't sweat the small stuff. These are things that, exactly. And flexibility for hiccups and or changes. Yeah. So now let's talk about post-trip. And you may not think about a post-trip checklist or planning but it's very important to think about that ahead of time it is but when you get back home just as you pack to unpack when you go you pack to unpack when you come back home how are you storing you're using that laundry bag to put the dirty clothes in to put your shoes in so you're not soiling those things that are in there so it's easy to get back home and just go ahead and put things to be washed you can replenish your toiletries you can be ready for that next trip you got to be able to get those things taken care of when you get back home. Now, a big one for a lot of folks when they get back home and when they go over is how to deal with jet lag, right, John? It certainly is. And before we get to that, I wanted to add to that packing list, that pre-packing the basics that I neglected to mention, put in some plastic bags, some of the large Ziploc bags and some of the small ones for wet items and things like that. So that's something you want to add to that list. But yeah, dealing with jet lag, especially when you cross quite a few time zones, they say that it takes a day per hour difference you're dealing with. So if you go to a destination and there's a seven hour difference from yours, then it's going to take you seven days to uh, recover from jet lag or deal with jet lag. If it's 14 hours, guess what? You have about 14 days But some of the things you can do with dealing with jet lag is, again, to acclimate as soon as possible. So getting fresh air is another thing. Walking into the sunset or sunrise or into the sunset will help trick your brain to think what time of day it is. And try as much as possible, if you can, to get back on that schedule. But fresh air, yeah, fresh air is one of the things. Now, sustenance. We talked about that... uh, post-trip meal. Uh, Sometimes we're on the phone from the airport ordering a pizza. (laughs) That's usually our food. Pizzas or burgers. Maybe that's a home feeling thing as well. Yeah, when you get back in, you want to have that meal ready so you don't have to cook when you come back in. 
It also helps you acclimate to the new time zone that you're because you don't want to go to bed right away, right? Yes. And then some of those final things on the post-trip checking list is to check in with family to let them know that you have arrived back home safely. Mm-hmm. Turning Can- on everything yes. that you turned off. Yes. Turn off that away message. And hopefully you'll have a date or two to unwind. Now, when we come back, Jean's going to stay with me. We'll have the culture report on how travel is changing amid the pandemic. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm Javon Harley, your host and travel pro. The website, TravelingCulturati.com. Go ahead and check it out. And while you're there, follow us on social media and join that travel club. Culture is forever changing and reflecting what's happening in the society and with its people. It can be born from the arts, music, food, and sometimes politics and strife. This is the Culture Report. We want to look at how culture of travel will change and how those travel experiences will change amid and post-COVID. Again, Jean Harley, executive producer, is joining me in the conversation today. Welcome back, Jean. Thank you, Javon. Now, let's talk about public transportation. I saw a recent news article that public transportation across the country, they're beckoning people to come back. We're talking about the subways, we're talking about trains, ride shares, taxis, all of these things, but uh, public transportation is something that is changing. First of all, I can tell you that Uber prices are out of control. Yeah, they definitely are. And public transportation has had to change because now the cleanliness or what is being offered as protection on all forms of transportation is out there. So you have to expect requirements are going to be different. For example, you're going to have to wear a mask on most forms of public transportation. And I want to say something about this, because the other thing that's in the news is there's a rise in conflicts on board aircraft because of mask wearing. People just don't want to wear the mask. You know what the policy is. Why? I just really don't understand. Are you that much of an unruly person that you just can't follow those guidelines for that period of time to just wear the mask. You're disrupting so many people by disrupting a flight. It's very selfish. If the rule applies, then follow the rule. If you don't like the rule, don't fly. Stay at home. Remember when the rule came out about no smoking on flights? And the people said they just stopped flying. Well, they're flying. They learned to get along and they learned to get around with it. So the mass requirement is in the airport. It's on public transportation, not just planes, but it's also on trains, on rideshare programs, buses in some areas. It's out there. Follow it. Exactly. Hotels. These are some of the things that you can expect. And certainly, I think it's going to change the culture of hotels altogether. Because I think some of these things are going to be implemented and they're not going to go away because they're going to be very convenient. And they're beneficial. And you and I have seen them because we both have traveled very recently in hotels. Yeah. What I love is the room service, whether or not you you want it and housekeeping. You can determine what you want or what you don't want. That's right. Check-in. 
contactless. Uh, touchless or contactless check-in. Mm-hmm. And you can now with the hotels through either QR codes or their apps, get your room key yes. and access your room through your mobile device. Through your phone. And I saw it work. It works very well. You just go ahead and press the button and the door opens. But your room might even have a seal on it. Remember the toilets you have sanitized for your protection? Your room will be sealed that way, and you may only want to have service once with just picking up towels or whatever as you go. So that's a big part of what the future looks like, and I think that's going to stay around. I think it's going to stay around as well. But overall, touchless technology, not only at hotels, but the airports, and even with your boarding passes, or if you have your boarding pass in your mobile device, They're asking you to scan it at the gate or even your boarding pass asking you to scan it so that we can eliminate the amount of touching that is going to be necessary. A lot of people are doing it with their smartwatches has your code so you can check in for your flight. Mm -hmm. Yes, and we're already doing it with payments in that you're scanning your own credit card at the checkout. But also what's happening in restaurants and we saw this when we were in the Maldives at the resort as well, is the QR code menus. And so very few places have actual handheld menus now. You take out your mobile phone, you scan the QR code, and you can do that with your camera. You don't need a special app for it like we used to have. And their menu comes up and you order it from there. So yes, lots of touchless technology. And of course, before you get to the airport, downloading your boarding pass, all of those things at home, checking in so that you can avoid even checking in altogether at the airport and at the ticket counter. Even running your own tags for your luggage. So you check your luggage. That'll come out from the machine. You put it on, you put it on the conveyor belt, all done. Yeah, some of these things were in place pre-pandemic, but are going to be more prevalent during the pandemic. And I don't know when we can say post-pandemic because apparently we're in this for the long haul. More endemic, yes. (laughs) Yes. More road trips. Mm -hmm. Uh, According to a U.S. Travel Association survey that was conducted last May, people feel more comfortable traveling in personal vehicles and staying in vacation rentals than they do taking flights or staying in hotels, and especially interests in RVs have skyrocketed. Yeah, glamping and camping in your own RV, what's in there? You sanitize it once and it's just like basically it's yours, or you can rent it in there. But gas prices are going up again, so you need to build that into your budget. Yeah, and beware of those rental cars, you know. I don't know about the price of RV rentals, but certainly rental cars have doubled, if not tripled and quadrupled in some situations. One trick that has come up is that people have been looking at and renting U-Hauls, believe it or not, to get from place to place because it's cheaper than a car rental. You get a pickup truck, you put everything in it, and you go that way. Yeah, I want my glamping experience. (laughs) I was going to have my glamping experience at Bestoke. We had them on the show. And they ran into some financial troubles because it was very challenging to launch accommodations in 2020. So timing was really bad for them. Go to their website, Bestoke. They're in Kentucky. And they're asking, exactly, you want to support them either through GoFundMe or even buying some of their wonderful t-shirts. So I'm hoping to get my glamping experience in there. Buffets. That's a big change. Oh, I saw that dramatically. The buffets are still there, but now they have people 
who plate it all for you. You point or you say what you want, how many. They put it on a plate and a tray and they hand it to you and you do not go anywhere near the food. Right. So what you're going to see is either no buffets, manned buffets or prepackaged items that you just pick up from the buffet. We saw that in one of the lounges that we visited en route to the Maldives. So they had some items out, but they were prepackaged that you can pick up. And then if they ran out on the counter, then you can just order what you wanted. Also, you can pre-order your flight food, and most airlines are doing this, even in basic economy, where if there's a meal service or any kind of service, I had a service which was brought to us in a plastic bag, which included a snack, a toilet, and also a beverage already packaged. Yeah, business travel is something that's going to be amongst the last to return. But one thing that is changing with business travelers, especially those who need to go to a destination for longer stays, is that the companies are putting them up in Airbnbs for those longer stays to give them a little bit more privacy or a more health-conscious trip. More controls, and it's a good opportunity if you're doing a long-haul stay and a long-haul trip. And private travel is certainly booming right now. And again, I think as it booms, prices will come down a little bit. It'll be more affordable for more people. I'm not saying that it's going to be cheap, but I'm saying that it'll be more affordable for more people. That's certainly something that we're seeing. We have friends who have gone on private planes Mm -hmm. from Chicago to Miami. Some, like Traveling Culturati, have chartered yachts. <laughs> right. But we were doing it before. We have a chartered yacht around Fiji. We'll be back in that in 2022. But around Croatia, what a better way than having your own cruiser with 18, 20, 30 people that you know well and traveling together. Yes, but generally, especially families or multi-generational trips are getting together. We're going on a family vacation this summer with an Airbnb. It's a double house, but we have both the upper and lower and the Harleys and the Russells are coming together for a family vacation. That's a first. Do you think about it? That's right. Very secure. When the health wise way we get there, but ask us when we come back, how many survived and we'll talk about it. (laughs) Will we be the Hatfields and McCoys? I don't know. On separate floors. We started with 20, we came back with 16. That's pretty good. Stay tuned for the Harleys versus the Russells and see what happens. Oh, that just was a light bulb moment for me. Unfortunately, a lot of small restaurants and bars either have not already or just won't survive this pandemic. And one of the things that I love traveling is finding those little spots, those little restaurants the little corner stores, those are the things that made you storytellers of those wonderful finds. And so I hope that many survive, but we know that some A lot won't. of them won't, but what we need to do is to go ahead and utilize their pickup service because they're not going to be able to do dine-in. Some are now returning, but many won't. The summer season is good for them, but we've got to move on and see what we can do to save them. Yeah, greeting people. I don't know about you, but when I went <laughs> on the site... We talked about this before. Yeah, when I went on the site inspection to Croatia, just greeting people was just awkward. And then once you've met them and leaving, is just the wave. And so, yeah, handshaking is out of the question. Hugging is out of the question. Fist it's bumping just... is out of the question. Uh, we're going to go into a good bow, a head nod, the brother nod, as we call it hand to chest, whatever we can do 
but let's have less contact. Yes, and as we wrap up, masks are here to stay. And for some people, they're already considering it's just going to be part of life from now until whenever. And then public health requirements, health forms, vaccine passports, and COVID testing. These are not going away today and maybe not tomorrow. Maybe they're here for years to come. Thanks for joining us today. Well, that's it for the show today. Wherever you go, go with all your heart. Confucius. Ladies and gentlemen. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen.